0: All right. We've got a great episode of Side Retired. For our loyal listeners, you're going to remember this voice that we're having on today's episode. So Henry, let's hit the intro music and get right into this. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired. It's still in Campione and Henry Talani as always. And Henry, it's always nice to catch up with previous guests coming on as a repeat guest. But before we introduce who's on with us today, how you doing?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, a week out from pitchers and catchers reporting. It's a super exciting time. You know, you're starting to get that itch as a baseball fan again. Um, You know, still some shockingly big free agents on the market, but I'm sure we'll cover that um somewhat soon but no super excited for this interview it's an awesome repeat guest and i'm super excited to get into it
0: absolutely and today we're joined by gabe klovis he's a former pitcher for the washington nationals since he was on with us i believe it was around june or july this past summer gabe signed a contract with the toronto blue jays literally 24 hours after being on the podcast with us that was definitely a surreal moment where we were like "Uh oh do we have to edit the episode and we came to the conclusion now we'll come back on in the offseason and talk about how the season goes. So really excited to have you back on with us, Gabe.
2: Excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So I guess if you want to just update our fans, what's happened since July, how'd the season go in Toronto and what are things going for? Especially, I know playing in Buffalo is a fun experience.
2: Uh, yeah, no. So I'm a free agent again. I, like you said, literally 24 hours after we did the interview, Blue Jays purchased me. Um, spent the whole year in Buffalo, the last two months of the year, but Definitely learned a lot and it's a lot of fun. Good, good group of guys. There's excited to be back.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, sort of take us through what a midseason signing looks like, because right being like they're already in season, right. And you're hopping on. Is it immediately? All right, let's book a flight. Let's get out there as soon as possible. Like, what's that? And how did, how do you even get notified that you're (laughs) getting signed?
2: Um, so, I mean, I, I was in, I was in Gastonia with the Honey Hunters playing indie ball. And I think we were, we were in Southern Maryland, I believe. And we had some, I don't know, people probably saw, but we had some like payment issues going on. They didn't want to pay us. So we were all, as a group of guys, we rallied around each other. And then literally a day later, I walk in the clubhouse, Mandra calls me in says, hey, Toronto's purchasing your contract. My cool thanks. <laughs> 10 minutes later, their front office people. Sheehan reach out to me. Tell me everything from because I, I believe it was a Thursday or a Friday. We were in Southern Maryland. The next day I hopped on flight, flew back to Charlotte, packed my stuff up and then hit the road immediately to buffalo because i had to be there by monday for a game tuesday at home so go to pittsburgh stopped in pittsburgh picked up my girlfriend and then we went from pittsburgh to buffalo and it's been the whole the whole rest of the year there
0: i love it what's the minor league baseball experience i know now it's been uniform that mondays are days off and then there's basically those straight series the rest of the way for the rest of the week so how was that experience like and is it any different or similar to the indie ball experience that you've had uh it's
2: it's different than indie ball because indie ball you're doing three four game sets you do get days off but it's not nothing like minor leagues where hey we know every monday we have off um the travel is not as easy you're busting everywhere
0: Uh uh-huh
2: there's no getaway like sunday you know we play in the minor leagues you play a day game and then you travel if you're away any ball you can play if it's if you have a travel day on a wednesday and the, the game could be at 6:35 and you're then you could be like it used to be in the minor leagues you could be in gastonia and then hey we got to hit the road and go to Staten island like it's it definitely took it back to the to the the grind days but i mean we had we had a good group of guys in Gastonia from Sam Freeman and Sal Romano. I mean, it just it made it easy. You guys have been there, done that. We we really knew how to just make it fun again and enjoy our time together.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, and what's so like coming into a A clubhouse, right? What 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 is it like coming in mid season, right? It's almost like you're coming in off of a trade, right, and trying to perform on the field while still getting a sense of that team chemistry right because team chemistry is such a such an important part of baseball that doesn't really get acknowledged as much as i think it probably should so what was it like trying to balance like getting used to all right this is a new living situation and then also meeting all these new guys who are now sort of your brothers in arms as you're trying to fight to win some games
2: um i mean it was pretty easy i i I get along with everyone pretty well but it just so happened that one of the guys in the clubhouse I I knew previously from training down in Florida, Ernie Clement. So it, it was pretty easy. He you know he actually got called up when I got signed. So he let everyone know I was coming, who I was, how I was as a person, and then really just get to know the guys around you, the guys I'm sharing with, to the right of my locker, to the left of my locker, behind me, and just really get to know know your teammates and don't don't overstep boundaries ease your way in into it but keep the same routine you have and I mean it's pretty it's pretty easy there's nothing hard about it because nine times out of ten you know somebody or you somebody if somebody knows you that's already in that clubhouse so I mean it's like baseball's like a tight-knit fraternity we like to call it so everybody pretty much knows who everybody is so it's pretty easy
0: Absolutely. And I know, obviously, especially in the NFL, everyone knows that the Bills Mafia and Buffalo fans are definitely some of the craziest fans in the world. So I know it wasn't a major league baseball team, but what is the fan base in Buffalo like supporting the Bison?
2: Uh, It's, it's actually pretty good. It's, we get, we, we do get good crowds. We do get good support. Um, But obviously when it's football season, the Bills fans are out and (laughs) the city becomes more lively, but it's definitely a fun city Good fan base, never a dull moment in the stadium. Maybe early on because it's cold, but when I got there, I mean there were we were decent crowds Monday through Friday, Monday through Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. We were jam-packed.
1: Yeah, and I mean nice. I and mean, we've we've talked about expansion teams, right, before and how MLB is looking probably to do that. And Dylan's always been a pretty big <laughs> supporter of the Buffalo expansion team. So do you, think, do you think that would work from your time in Buffalo, like uh, an expansion team in Buffalo, another New York team?
2: Well, so based on what I was told was they built that stadium in hopes of them getting an expansion. So you, there's two decks already, and they yeah. can put a third deck up top. Okay. Um, I mean, they would probably – I would say that if there was an expansion team, they would relocate out towards – where the bills out towards by the bill stadium where there's still some land or they literally just tear down the whole stadium and build a brand new one right there. And okay. right. Um, but they, they built it with the intention of if there was an expansion, they wanted to be in the running. That's my understanding. It also helped the blue Jays during 2020 we're playing there. So on the home side, everything state of the art um, pretty much like it I would compare it to like walking into Nats Park when I was there. That's yeah. kind of how the setup was. Maybe, you know, the lockers were not as nice, but it's, it's the best home clubhouse I've been in in the minor leagues.
0: I love it. So what you're telling me is that there's a chance. Henry, I know, has been shooting down the idea saying, oh, it's too cold in Buffalo. I, mean, I wouldn't put it past September. them. I mean, I really wouldn't.
2: Bill's Mafia, it turns out, they'll, <laughs> they'll turn out for... baseball team i mean they they turn out for the the hockey hockey there um they just live breathe and die sports there because if it ain't hunting season or fishing season they're going to they're going to football games or whatever it may be blue jay games an hour away
0: absolutely i love and then fishing the attention back towards you how's the offseason been going i assume you're still training wanting to get back out there on a mound somewhere so how's that been doing going indie so far
2: uh it's been going good i train you know five five six days a week i actually work part-time at uh dick's sporting goods just to stay busy i'm the baseball ambassador ambassador there so when i'm not working out or working i'm just hanging out with my girlfriend family friends not really playing too much golf just because it's not it's not warm
0: like it was when i lived in Florida. Yeah. Where is home base during the off season? After? Uh, Houston,
2: Houston, Texas. Now, so mm-hmm. I moved back to Houston uh, back in March, March or April.
1: Yeah, and I mean, how does so obviously? And I've heard, I've heard on like a couple interviews with some pro ball players that like it definitely changes in the off season your like relationship with the guys who you were on a team with, right? Do you how how much contact do you keep with guys, especially coming on to a team mid season or even the guys back in Gastonia? Do you like? Are there some guys who are like you text like once a week, being like, "Hey, what's up? How you doing?" or, or is it like pretty, pretty like professional where like once you're not at work, you're not really reaching out?
2: Uh, no, I would say, I mean, I still talk to guys that were the draft class after me with the Nats. I talked to a few of them. Um, because when I had Tommy John, they were just getting drafted, so we I hung out with a bunch of those guys. Um, but with with Buffalo, I mean, we have a we have a group chat because we had a fantasy league, so we have a group chat. And one, uh, w- one guy, uh, Yanger, he's from, he claims he's from St. Louis,
0: <laughs>
2: but he's a Chiefs fan. So uh, he's been getting pretty rowdy the last couple of weeks, and I know he's looking forward to Sunday. So we we just we bust him about that, and I mean, you stay in contact, but. He, it's just like any like any normal person. You have your you have your best friends that you have and then you have guys you tolerate and but for the most part, the guys you grow close with, you you keep in contact. It may not be weekly, but it, talk bi weekly or like every couple months, uh just because you know you're gonna be with them again for six more months, seven more months. So you definitely go your separate ways sometimes, but the ones you get close to, you talk to all the time. That's for sure.
0: Absolutely, I was going to save it till the end, but since you mentioned football, this episode will be out before the Super Bowl. So I got to ask: Do you have a hot take, hot prediction? What's going to happen in the game?
2: A uh, hot take. Ooh. <laughs> I'm. I mean, I. I hope the Kansas City Chiefs do not win the Super Bowl. Amen. <laughs> I need this Taylor Swift saga to end, and but. I, my girlfriend likes to call me a Swifty because I've seen her perform live on the Red <laughs> Tour back in high school. I do some of her songs are catchy, but I mean no, everyone's tired of hearing about Taylor Swift and NFL. <laughs> you can't associate Taylor Swift with the NFL just because she's dating Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I mean, you don't hear about LeBron James's wife or you never heard about Michael Jordan's significant other, <laughs> or anything like, like Tiger Woods' two wives. You never heard about them until stuff went <laughs> sideways. I mean, just let it be about football and the guys playing in the locker room. Their
0: personal life's their personal life. The highlight. I, I think the it. only, the I only MLB it. couple I think is I think it's Kate Upton and Justin Verlander There's probably the yeah, only but even MLB then, like, yeah, but even then, they
2: now you don't really you still hear about it but it's not like like they were probably tired of it like just give us our peace like we're normal people yeah we're on this platform but we're still normal normal human beings like i don't know
0: (laughs) no i like it that i could do a whole podcast just going down that rabbit hole but um i do have one sort of follow-up to one of the questions you mentioned earlier was about gastonia and transitioning obviously going back to the Blue Jays organization. What if there is, because I assume there's a ton of guys out there right now that have this sort of similar situation of you had last year where it's maybe I go try to break camp with a roster or maybe I go to independent league and reestablish myself. If they're listening, they're not sure what direction they want to go in. If you have any advice for someone out there, I'd be like, yeah, I went to Indie Ball, it worked. I got signed by the Blue Jays a couple months later.
2: Um, I'll say this. It's You have to know going into, like I was fortunate. I had uh, Nick Wells who I played with in Rochester, who was on on the Gastonia team. And he let me know ahead of time, like, Hey, when you come here, like think of it, like select baseball, you show up, do whatever you got to do. And then get your, get your outs, get your ABs, win a game and just perform and hope you shine. And a team takes a flyer on you. Um, so you you have to know going into it that it's it's all on you no matter you do have coaches but nothing bp's optional if you don't want to hit bp you don't hit bp i mean it is very bare bones do whatever you want to do but be ready to win a ball game and be able to perform food's not that great it's like being back in low a um but I would also say, too, it depends on the league you go, go to. Like, I went to the Atlantic League, so we had Jose Marmaleo, Sterling Castro, Roddy Reed. Um, the Long Island Ducks, their first six hitters had over – each one had over, like, six years of big league time. I mean – so the, the players are good. Like, Shed Long was on high point. Um, there are very good players that were stuck in the same situation trying to find a way to revamp their career. I mean, it's if it's something you want to do, and you don't want to go to Mexico, I would suggest it. Cause he, I mean, I was in the best, the best league. The team I went to, Gastonia, we lead Indy Ball every year, and guys picked up. I think when I got there, July first, I was the tenth or eleventh guy picked up, picked up with one pitcher getting picked up by the KBO. You know, so it, it's definitely. If you're a pitcher, it's easier, I'll say that. It's definitely easier if you're a pitcher, if you're a hitter, it's def- it's, it's difficult to get out of there just because the argument is, hey, you're not seeing 97 until the back end of the game. So that, that would be my take. If you're a hitter, I would say go to Mexico or something like that or give it a shot. I mean, you never know, but it's definitely a lot easier as a pitcher than a position player to, to get out.
1: And yeah, I mean, so that that sort of begs the question: What is what as of right now? As of February seventh, what is what's your plan for the twenty twenty four season? Is it as uh, maybe a Mexico? Is it going back to Indie Ball, Maybe Gastonia? What's it? What's the what's the outlook for Gabe Clovis is looking like?
2: Um, I mean, the outlooks to hopefully get something here in the coming days, right before camp starts. But really, if I don't get anything by the end of spring training. I'm going to go either play Mexico or go back to Gastonia, which I'm leaning towards going back to Gastonia just because I know the whole setup, it worked out. It's going to work out again. So yeah, no, I mean, I'm hoping to get some here in the coming days, but if nothing, then go back to Gastonia and redo the whole whole journey again.
0: I like it. Well, that's always the baseball grind. Of we never want to put the ball down and it's always going to be a blast. And I mean, Last time we had you on, you were a honey hunter, and literally by the time the episode was out, you were a Toronto Blue Jay. So let's see if the same magic can happen again, and we're looking forward to seeing if it happens.
2: Yeah, no, it's, I, it'll work out. It's just in due time. There's just a lot of guys that are still free agents that have to go before I go. So, And, you know, when camp starts, guys get hurt, or guys come in not ready, teams are, oh, we, need, we don't have enough pitching. So that also helps is you can never have enough pitching.
0: Absolutely. You always need as many bullpens arms as possible. And we're looking forward to seeing you back out there. But I do have one last question for you is that you got to see the pitch clock in action using that this 2023 season on some degree. What was that experience like for you? Uh, the pitch clock isn't a
2: big deal. It was more so ABS, the automated balls and strikes. Oh yeah. Um, top of the zone does not exist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, if you were if you were just sitting there watching the game, you could tell when a hitter was auto taking and not not swinging. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, it, it was just that was probably the most frustrating part was having to jump in on that to, on the fly. Um, but I mean, the Blue Jays were really good about it. I just learned a lot. I added a new pitch repertoire. They told me to add just because of my v, my vertical approach angle, and then they changed the grip on my slider, and things started to click towards the end. Um, so was, that that was definitely the, the hardest part is just getting used to the ABS right off the fly. Cause we didn't have it in the Atlantic League, but they had it the year before. So it's just getting used to that, because I mean if, if it don't nip the zone, it's a ball. <laughs> there's no umpire, thank yous, none of that.
0: <laughs> Do you think any shot it makes the majors anytime soon, or is it it's no, there's no chance. I
2: I there unless they can figure out a way to make it hitter specific like they tried um beginning september one so beginning september one hawkeye would you would stand in the box and hawkeye would take your measurements and then create the strike zone whereas before it was a percentage of the height of everybody and they made a box um but i i just don't think you see it because like i was i, uh, I was talking of the umpires like maybe three weeks and we we're playing syracuse and i literally was throwing two pitches and umpire flinch about to call a strike and it called <laughs> in his ear next day we were talking and he was like dude i was just in the big leagues and i called 98 percent, and then i get down here and i have five challenges all overturned the hitters way and my boss calling me like mm. what's going on it's like it's the abs like it's i just it umpire union will not allow it because it You have to find a way to use it without exposing the umpire on the scoreboard like they do. And the whole, if they get it wrong, the whole stadium's going nuts. Mm -hmm. So you you have to find a, a, they have to find a ground to where the umpire isn't going to take all the scrutiny because they're not going to deal with that. They already get scrutinized enough. Um, So I just don't see it, but the pitch clock, yeah, that's not a problem it is nice. The games are faster. Um, but with ABS, games didn't turn out to be as fast as they were in 21, apparently. So we'll see. But I don't think ABS ever makes it.
0: No, absolutely. Uh, umpiring seems to be one of those like thankless jobs that like you don't notice them until they've screwed up and done something wrong. You know that's why the Angel Hernandez of the world are the names that everyone knows. Obviously, there's I think it was Armando Galarraga that met her stuff, the Jim Joyce. Yeah, call I mean, social knows. media has changed everything.
2: These everyone, you know, from the sticky substance that cameras were just all in on the pitcher's glove for some guys because they knew and they wanted to expose it, and it's just you, the umpires' union never going to allow it. I, I just don't see it unless they can fix it and make it. As accurate, I I will say I think the challenge system will make it, and that's completely fine. You get three challenges in a game, you use all three, to get them wrong, so <laughs> be it. You're, it's back to s- square one again. So I I can see the challenge system definitely definitely making it for
1: sure.
0: I like that. Well, this has been a blast getting to catch up to you, hearing all about your journey. Fingers crossed, we get that side retired magic again and having you signed. Relatively soon, but Henry, unless you've got anything else to throw in there. Well, good. Awesome. Well, if you want to shout out your socials or anything like that for our loyal fans to keep in touch and keep in contact with you in your journey, if you want to shout them out. I got you. Appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So for Dylan, Henry and Gabe until the next time, the side is retired.